Hi, <clears throat> I'm Sharon, I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, great to be here. And I, I've, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to share today because I was thinking, oh gosh, what should I share on? And um, a few different things came to mind. But look, I'll start off with what it was like and then I'll talk about what happened and I'll talk about, um, you know, experience, strength and hope. So <clears throat> um, I've been in the program, <laughs> excuse me, since um, 1989. So I've been here for a very long time and some of you may not have even been born in 1989, but um, there you go. Um, I come from last century, but um, I came in at 28 and I was desperate and I was suicidal and I came in because I had spent 14 years of really trying hard to overcome uh, binge eating. Yeah, so I, was, I started binge eating at 14. In fact, I can remember my very first binge. Uh, so it didn't... It, it wasn't younger than that. There was a lot of stuff going on in my life at that age. And when I look back at me at 14, <laughs> part of me just wants to go, oh, sweetheart, it's pretty shit, isn't it? Um, but there was no one in my life to really say that. And, um, you know, it, it's not to blame my family or my parents, but um, we went through a lot of stuff. My parents had already gone through a lot of stuff before I arrived on the planet. And, um and there was no pulling together. So I guess for me, um, food started to work as an anaesthetic and I needed to escape. I needed to um, find a way to deal with things that were unnamed and, you know, I certainly didn't have language for feelings. And um, anyway, I left home at 17 because it was pretty awful at home and um, started training it while, well, you know, was a musician and I was studying at the conservatorium and hanging around with a lot of jazz guys. There were a lot of drugs and, you know, tried all the drugs that were available at the time. Like, you know, really, it's a miracle that I survived some of those situations, really. But, um, but you know, nothing did it for me like food. You know, food was the ultimate drug, bar a couple of things. Um, certainly a general anaesthetic would be the ultimate drug of choice. But as I shared at a meeting yesterday, like I think that's <laughs> one step away from being dead, right? <laughs> but I needed to escape. I just needed to escape. It was unbearable being me. Um, so And there was a lot of pressure being a musician and all of that kind of stuff. So anyway, I came in at 28 and I had been married for exactly two minutes, maybe two weeks. I'd arrived in New Zealand. It was my second marriage. It was already a disaster and abusive and violent. Jeez, because marrying one violent man wasn't enough. I had to marry two. First one did try to kill me. So this one was a, an, a you know, it was a, a, an improvement, but not much. Um and so I came into OA um, and I didn't like the brand name, did not like Overeaters Anonymous. So I made a decision I was going to do a step a day, be out in 12 days. Yeah, no mucking around. <laughs> oh, geez. Probably took me eight years to really do step one. And one of the things that I would um, suggest for today would be surrender. It took me a long time to actually get the concept of surrender because I was a fighter. Um, and so the part of the big book that kind of talks to me is the promises in step 10, particularly, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even the alcohol. Um, I have to remind myself on a daily basis to get out of the boxing ring because, you know, I'm wired to fight it. And um, I can do the same thing with recovery, you know, a step a day, let's just fight it. Um, you know, Sharon overcoming Sharon, but 
um, I think it wasn't until I fully accepted the nature of my condition that um, that I really started to get abstinence. Like I'm a very competitive person. I wanted to be the person with the longest abstinence in the room at any meeting. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> like a wee fellowship. Like we do this together. Um, but anyway, I came in at 28. I was suicidal and... Um, and I found something that was different from anything else that I'd ever found. Um, and, you know, I I did read some of the literature that was available at the time, you know, before you take that first compulsive bite and absence is the most important thing without exception, all of that kind of stuff. But it didn't really help me. It made it worse. It was too much. I felt like a failure every time I picked up. So I was abstinent about I don't know, maybe 90, 95% of the time I lost the weight within the first month or so. Um, and there was grief around that because I was just eating three decent meals a day and the weight came off. It's like, how did that work? Thanks, Trace. Um, you know, it was kind of, I, I had no idea that it could be that simple. Um, and there were times when I just couldn't be abstinent um, because it was still me. It was still me was still me trying to do this and so I I guess I'm here to um you know what do they say if you can't set a good example at least you can be a warning to others <laughs> so you don't have to take eight years to kind of get back-to-back -back abstinence I think the thing that I needed to hear and what I try and impart to sponsees today is get stuck into the big book because the big book is like the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy which I know is outside of literature but you know it is that thing of here's here's the life to go you know the guide to life and the first thing is relax like just give up surrender <laughs> stop trying to do it if you could have done it you would have right if all your effort and fighting and all of that kind of stuff would have worked and all your calorie counting and all your you know that it would have worked it would have worked and it hasn't um so just surrender to the truth that i'm not someone with an acute problem i don't have an acute you know acute problem with food I have a chronic illness and I will default. So it, it, I'll default to food under whatever circumstances. So um, it has a really good section in the big book around, you know, being a real alcoholic. You know, there are different types of drinkers, but the real alcoholic, no matter what we do, or the real compulsive overeater, which is who and what I am, I will surrender to the food. So the choice is, do I surrender to God or do I surrender to the food? And if I'm going to surrender to God, and who is God? Like God's like this imaginary friend a lot of the time. Um, but I think very much about God as being a verb, you know, good orderly direction, the way of God, you know, kindness, love, um, and I read one of the books that kind of informed Bill W um, when he was writing the big book, which does, it's sort of like a treatise on um, a biblical passage, but it talks about love as passive, love, like love is patient. That's a passive form. Love is kind. That's an active form. You know, it's courteous. That's a community form of love. It goes through all the different forms of love. And I really like um the concept of God as love. And I've heard people say the serenity prayer is love, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change today. You know, 
that concept of what's the most loving thing to do. But anyway, I came in, <clears throat> um, it took me a while to really, like I, I, I did read the big book, but I didn't really follow the directions. And it is a textbook and it is a, an instruction manual. And so doing what's in the big book is really, really important. And um, and so going through the steps, um, I am a great believer in step 12, where it says we practice the principles in all our affairs. So I think with the first 100 in AA, there were two schools of thoughts. I think there was New York and there was Cleveland or something like that, two main centres, and one kept doing the steps and the other one just kept practising the principles. I think I'm much more on the principle side, which is we practise all the principles that sit behind the steps, you know, the honesty, the faith, the hope, all of those things, the perseverance, um, the discernment that comes from step 10, Um you know, so I, I'm sort of sharing in a way that probably isn't really pitched for the new person, but very happy to talk to newcomers anytime. But the main thing for me is how do I live and breathe this program and how do I not lose my way? Trace, was that another five minutes? No, it was. Okay. So <clears throat> I think the thing for me is daily acts of surrender. Like I love some of the OA literature. And can I just say, because I read this last night thinking I might focus on this. If you have not read the appendices of the Overeaters Anonymous book, you can download them from free for free from the OA.org website. And it goes through the nature of our illness. It is physical. And to ignore the physical aspect of it is to ignore a huge part of it. And yet, you know, outside there in the world. They don't look at the physical side of it. It's a psychological thing. But the appendices are worth the read. But the thing for me is surrendering to um, the action and having a message to carry and daily acts of surrender, which is if I look at the OA literature, they talk about a plan, an action plan. But that is too much Sharon doing Sharon stuff. So I rename that to da my daily acts of surrender. So today, coming to a meeting, that's an act of surrender to the truth. And I'm a compulsive overeater, and I need to say that at a meeting, and I need to be with other compulsive overeaters. Um, so meetings daily study of the big book sometimes I'll be studying other things that are related to the big book but to be honest my days go better when I just go back to the basic text so reading at least two pages of the big book is a very very good idea and definitely an act of surrender um, sponsoring now I don't have daily contact with my sponsor um, I might talk to him as and when I need to but I do have daily contact with people I sponsor so and if I don't, then uh, I need to be making outreach calls. So I've got to need—I need to be talking to somebody every day. Now, when I first came in, I needed to go to a lot more meetings than I go to now. I'm in two fellowships, and I go to at least one meeting a week for each. But in the beginning, I was—I was trying to go to daily meetings, and I went to AA meetings, even though I'm not an alcoholic. Um, but anyway, that daily contact. Having a food plan, like I actually know what the first compulsive bite is. If I don't know what the first compulsive bite is, how do I even know? Like I've got to have clarity around this and I need to surrender to what I need to be doing. Um, I've had to change my food plan for various health conditions and it's like, oh, geez, we're just going to have to look happy over this one, aren't we? And then I get used to it, you know. <laughs> it's like, um, so, you know, I used to eat a banana every day, but I can't eat bananas for various reasons. And it's like, geez, I never thought I'd live the rest of my life not eating a banana every day, but I'm happy not eating bananas. <laughs> you know, well, sort of. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, anything is possible, right? But having a food plan, what, you know, what can I eat? What can't I eat? And it's a bit like a spending plan and a budget. A budget tells me what I can't spend really, but a, a spending plan tells me what I can spend. <laughs> so a plan of eating tells me what I can eat. And it's really important that I enjoy my food. Um, doing a lot of work with newcomers, honestly, it's the best gift ever. Um, I am involved in a newcomer workshop and I always get more out of it than anybody else probably does. Um, daily meditation, I do a, a daily yoga practice. Um, I've just come away from being overseas for a month and I'm a bit out of whack with my two-way prayer. If you want to look at two-way prayer, there's plenty of podcasts and members talking about that or you can talk to me later about it. But any kind of daily meditation, and if you don't know how to do that, what I say to sponsors is just read pages 86 to 88 do that every day, do what it says in there, four dot points, seven dot, you know, there's things to do in the morning, things to do at night, things to do during the day. Um, doing daily service, you know, some doing something for someone else each day, like, uh, and not getting found out about it, because I love telling people how fabulously nice I am. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, do something without telling anyone, Shaz, that counts for more. Um and the daily reflection, you know, doing some sort of writing, um, there are lots of different formats that you can do it, but um, certainly looking for moments of joy. And I think that's the thing. Um, I read a great thing not so long ago is that, you know, like I'm a very anxious person. I have been my whole life for various reasons. And, um, and you know, I don't have to look for anxiety. Anxiety hunts me down actively. Um but joy is something that I need to actively look for. And every day is a day where, you know, joy is everywhere, but I have to find it, you know, and and to actively look for it is a very big part of my recovery. Um, and, you know, and to cease fighting, like to wade, lay, I love this phrase, to lay down the weapons of the ego. And the weapons of the ego are arguing, blaming, criticizing, demanding. I can be a very angry, irritable person. And um, I'm nice in meetings, but if you were to see me at home on a bad day, you know, like that's not my public brand. <laughs> so I have to be really, really careful about this very argumentative fighty kind of self um because i you know i know how to fight i was brought up in a very argumentative combative physically violent home and i learned to fight um, and it stood me in good stead with angry men in businesses and corporates but i don't want to live like that you know i don't want to live like that at home um yeah, so I don't know. Is my five minutes up, Trace? Have I ignored you? Oh, geez, mate, I'm so sorry. I could talk forever. Um, sometimes you just need to yell at me. Anyway, um, all I can say is daily acts of surrender. That is what keeps me well and um, the joy of being in recovery with other people. And I'm really sorry for having uh, talked over. Thank you so much for letting me share.